live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studio. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. We're so glad you're here as we talk about your life and your money. We talk about helping people build wealth, doing work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Jacob's going to start this hour off in Fargo, North Dakota. Hi, Jacob. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hello, Mr. Ramsey. It's a pleasure to meet you. How are you doing? Better than I deserve, sir. How can I help? Great. So I'm a 20-year-old college student, and I recently finished my sophomore year of college, and I'm currently studying to become a nurse. I have roughly two years left of my program, and I'll be able to graduate debt-free in 2024. Good for you. Um, in addition to that, yeah, thank you. Um, in addition to that, I currently work as a CNA at a large hospital in the Fargo area, and I was recently approached by my, my, my manager, uh, who came up with an offer for me, um, and she presented an offer where I would be able to work at this hospital for three years after graduation, um, in addition to that, I will receive a $30,000 sign-on bonus. Um, given that I'm only halfway through this program, I'm a little hesitant at the moment to take this offer, but I'm curious if this is something I should entertain. So the only advantage to you is 30000 bucks. Correct. And I've had a really strong working relationship with this hospital, and I, I do enjoy working at this hospital. Mm-hmm. Have you looked at options in your area for other hospitals and what the pay would be? I have a little bit. Um, currently, this hospital pays about $2 less an hour than other hospitals, um, but it's it's a very good starting wage for nurses in this area, um, in this part of the country, so it's, it's I consider it to be competitive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I, I'm kind of with you. Num- number one, let's mm-hmm. just establish nursing incredible career path. And as long as I've been doing this show for 30 years, there's been a shortage of nurses. Correct. So you've always been able to lend a job, you know, and mm-hmm. lots of different kinds of jobs, actually, within the nursing field. And so a lot of flexibility, mm-hmm. always a need for you, that kind of a thing. So if that's kind of our baseline, then off of that, I don't think I'm tying up uh, myself. Uh, you don't need the money. You've got you've got a way to work your way through school with no debt. You told us that. Way to go. Good job. Yep. And um and, and so the money's just kind of gravy on the biscuit. It'd be nice, but you don't it's not like mm-hmm. it's not like, "Oh, I cannot have to borrow student loans if I do this." Uh I might think about it then. But in this case, mm-hmm. you got your way mapped out to go all the way through and then you're a free agent upon graduation. I'll bet you could get more than 30,000 at that point. Sure. Yeah. And that's, that's the part that I'm struggling with is it's, it's really hard to predict what would be out there in two years if we're at a peak now, if this is a good time to take an offer. But I think I think there'll be, a, a, you know, again, I'm going to say I'm going to establish the fact in my mind anyway, anecdotally, I don't have research to back it up, but that there's pretty much always a shortage of nurses. And so mm-hmm. that means that you will be able to land something and probably something <laughs> with a signing bonus. I uh, wouldn't doubt it a bit. So um, cool. I kind of think that offer or better might be on the table at graduation. I might be okay. wrong. We're gambling a What's little bit. What's the harm in waiting until graduation? Well, thirty thousand bucks if they won't if they don't have any more. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You miss out on that if 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 we're wrong, right? If it's off the table. Um, 
But the way I answer questions on this show is if I woke up in your shoes, what would I do? I'm uh, I'm going to bet that there's uh, going to be as good a deal or better on, uh, uh, on the table, and I'm going to say thanks. Uh, let's talk as I get a little bit closer to graduation. Okay. That's the advice I needed to hear, so thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you calling. Man, I got to tell you, George, these uh, – this is the sharpest bunch of 20 year olds I've run in. They're everywhere. Of course, they call, I'll call the show. And, you know, my gosh. I mean, he has a question written out, but, yeah. you know, but still, it's, it's, it gives me hope. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. People actually want to work out there. When I was 20, nobody's offering me a signing bonus. I'm just saying, okay? I'm just, just saying. All right. All right. AJ is with us <laughs> for good reason. AJ's in Austin, Texas. Hey, AJ, what's up? Hey, Dave. Uh, George, thank you guys so much for having me on today. I really, really appreciate it. Sure. How can we help? Um, well, I'm calling. I just started uh, Financial Peace. Me and my wife started Financial Peace University about three or four weeks ago. Uh, we're on baby step number two. It has been absolutely great. Good. Um, you know, we're still working on trying to get our budget uh, figured out and how that actually works. So I'm working with the instructor there to try to help with uh, helping us understand it a little bit more. But the reason for my call is I got a call today from a company called ADR, Alternative Dispute Resolution Center. And they said, told, they said that, you know, they were, they were going to be their legal courier and they were going to be delivering papers to me uh, tomorrow. Okay. Uh, explaining that we had a judgment against us from Bank of America saying that we owed them um, $1,263. Mm-hmm. And it was from, they said, overdraft fee from 2007. Does that sound like something um, that happened? I vaguely remember, to be honest with you. Uh, but I guess it is somewhat possible. I mean, did you have a bank account said, with Bank of America in 2007? I'm not sure, but I, I think I may have. It's been so long ago, obviously. It was obviously very, if I did, it was very briefly. It was very brief in regards to having it, but I guess I'm calling. What is going on in your life in 2007 that you can't remember who your bank was? <laughs> well, I had uh, recently just got uh, drafted. I remember I had gotten drafted um, to play ball. and um, Oh, you were I paying attention to time. nothing. Okay, except yeah, baseball. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention to anything I except baseball. Now, that makes sense. That, that makes sense. All right, so you think there's a at least a reasonable possibility that you open an account with them and that these overdraft charges might be true? Yes, sir. Okay, so yes, well, sir. when they deliver it tomorrow, if they really do, that's probably BS. But when they deliver it tomorrow, call them up and offer them a settlement. Well, the guy told me on the phone today, he said that once they deliver the paperwork, he said that I could no longer call them in order to negotiate. They said I'd have to go to, I guess, whoever the company is here or the court okay. and we can do that. my case before them. That's fine. That's fine. Go to them. Because I'm saying this isn't going to okay. be delivered. Okay. I, I'm, the, yeah, the, I'm, I'm saying this guy's lying. Okay. I may be wrong. I may be wrong. But what's the worst case scenario? Uh, they deliver the papers, and then you call the new people and negotiate with them. Whoever it is, if you have a bill outstanding from 2007, wants some money, and they would love yes, to settle with you. They'd love take- to take 500 bucks and make this go away. You got oh, a little yeah. money stored up? You could come up with four or 500 bucks and make this go away? Yes, sir. Good. Well, don't negotiate with a dube on the phone. 
And don't give them access to your checking account either. Under any circumstances, if you settle a debt, no access to your checking account to settle it, and you must have it in writing that the settled amount settles the debt in full. It can be an email, that's fine. But no electronic access to your checking account, George is right. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey folks, Dave Ramsey here. There are moments in life we don't want to forget, like your kid's graduation or the once-in-a-lifetime trip. For the big moments, the everyday moments, and everything in between, every dollar is there to help you budget for all of it. It's the simple budgeting app that helps you plan, save, and spend for the important things. Budget for the life you really want, every moment of it. Download the app or check the link in the show notes to create your free account today, every dollar. George Campbell, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Talking about your life and your money. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Pete is in Boston. Hey, Pete, how are you? How are you, Dave? Thank you again for taking my call. I talked to you about 18 months ago. I followed your advice about paying off my mortgage. And you're right, the grass is, really does feel greener. Way to go, <laughs> uh, Pete. Your peace of, your peace of mind, the peace of mind is priceless. But I did have another question, Dave. I'm 65, I'm 65 years old. I have around uh, 2.4 million in uh, between 401 and IRA. I also have uh, individual stocks and taxable mutual funds worth about 520. I just uh, sold an inherited house and I have about $140,000. And my question to you is, I don't have any Roth account. None of my assets are in Roth. And I'm wondering, at this stage of the game at my age, should I be getting involved with Roth? Should I use some of this money from the house to pay the federal tax to... uh, To roll some of it to Roth, yeah. How old are you again? Yeah. Uh, 65, going to be 66. I probably wouldn't fool with it. Um, You can if you want. Here's the benefit. Yeah. All right. Let's say let's say that you move four hundred thousand to Roth, and you use this and you use a hundred thousand to pay the taxes. Okay. Yeah. Now you've got a hundred thousand dollars that from this point forward will grow tax free. Now that's not going. Having traded a hundred for tax free growth is not going to come out yeah. until it grows by more than a hundred. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and and so you've I, got you would have to commit to leave that particular account alone, probably until death, and just let just let it well, let it be inherited. Okay, I, I guess my well, well, that was part of my concern is because I have three children, it is it would be inherited tax free for them. But I guess my concern is when RMDs come along. Yeah, and it'll help uh, with I'm that be, too. It'll help with RMDs. Yeah, and so that portion would not be subject to RMDs. But it won't grow enough tax-free dollars 
for a good decade anyway to have justified yeah. this. Okay? So if you're going to leave it alone at least 10 years, and it sounds like you don't need the money. You've got enough other money. Yes. So yes. you could you could do it. I mean, it, there's no harm in it. Yeah. And, and it does help with RMDs, and it does help with inheritance, and it does help yeah. with the fact that the money, you know, after that decade or so, uh, but you could say, okay, how fast is that 400 going to grow, or how long does it take that 400 to grow to enough that the growth saves me $100,000 in taxes because I've already paid it? Yeah. yeah. It'd be, about, it'd be, it'd be close to a decade. Yeah. So it's something you wouldn't necessarily do if you were in my position. You would or I would, I would if you're going to commit to not touching this particular account for over a decade. Okay. 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 All right. That, that, that's, that's, I needed to know that. Ironically, just one other thing. Uh, I have a 401k, and there's about a, a one-six in the 401k. I got about 600 in the other one, in the IRA. And the IRA is the one I have a financial advisor uh, and it's down almost double what my 401k is. And I, and I know this is a, you have to wait this market out, but it's just amazing. Yeah. So, and when you pay attention now, right now out of this 2.6 million at 65 years old, did you start out or did you inherit a lot of money or did you start out with a lot of money or how'd you get this? No, I, I, uh, this is, I'm working, uh, putting money away all, all my life. I inherited about 600,000 taxable. That's and and the house after you were already house. a millionaire, or did that make you a millionaire? Oh yes, oh yeah, oh yeah, long after. Okay, yes. so you were already oh, yes. a millionaire, and then you inherited money. Yeah. You know, so you're not a millionaire because of inherited money. Okay, interesting. I, I always just want to verify that because there's lots of these guys out here all across America, and for those of you that are so stupid that you think everybody inherits their wealth, it almost never happens statistically. Very few, less than 10% of Americans become wealthy or exclusively become millionaires because of, and we've got data to prove that, uh, because of that. And so when they become wealthy and you say stupid butt stuff like, you're so lucky, luck didn't have squat to do with it. That's like looking at the farmer who just had corn grow and saying, you're so lucky after he planted the freaking corn. Yeah, Pete didn't win the lottery to get here. He just consistently invested over a long period of time and now he's got these kinds of options. It's amazing. But it sounds like he can do it, but not for the ROI benefits mathematically, but more for some other benefits with the RMDs and being able to pass it on. Yeah, the, well, the ROI will be there probably in seven to ten years. That's what we're saying. But um, but the, the trick is that the tax-free part has to offset the part that you put that money up front. And so it, it takes about a decade for that to work out. I've done all of mine years ago. But knowing that I wasn't going to touch it, I'll probably never touch any of those accounts Just while I'm alive. Just get passed on. Yeah, and so all of them being everything I have is in Roth now. I've converted it all and paid the taxes, and I, like I even that. even the matching portion that comes in, we we converted and pay the taxes. Uh, Courtney is in Canton, Ohio. Hi, Courtney. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. How you guys doing? Better than we deserve. What's up? I wanted to hear that. Um, so. Uh, uh, not quite sure the shortened version of this. Basically, uh, I don't have much of an income right now. Uh, I'm basically my only income right now is door dashing. I am about to take an exam to get my insurance license to get an actual income and have an actual job. Um, with the limited income that I have, 
I've been trying to do your baby steps for I can't tell you how long. Um, unfortunately, it because of a, another relationship that I ended back in February was why I couldn't really fully Dave do the baby steps. Um, at this point, I have five dollars in savings. My question is, what is the best way to still work towards that end goal of at least creating that thousand dollar? start an emergency fund with only having about a hundred dollars a week. How come you're only making a hundred bucks a week? How many hours are you doing DoorDash? Uh, as often as I can. Uh, a week. What else do you do? Good. What's the, taking up your time? I don't have a babysitter. So it's childcare. I have tried. Yes. I have tried numerous people and they've all, it was either my teenage sister being a teenage girl or the other person that I was able to find that got a better opportunity. Can you find work from home right now? Maybe a customer service job online? Uh, Studying to take my exam took up a lot of the past couple weeks. Not an insurance Um, exam. And before that, yes. An insurance exam is not that hard. No, I... mm, how old I'm are you, very, Courtney? I don't know. 25. Okay. All right. Um, here's the thing. Before this, I had I was trying to start like an in-home cleaning business, so I had income since February, but since then, it's it didn't, I guess, I guess prove to be as successful yeah. as I wanted it to be to start what you, off. What you don't need is an income. You need to allocate more hours to work some way or another. You've got to find some way to go make some money because you, you don't have any money. Okay. You don't even know if money pays mm-hmm. for food. Right? $100 oh, a week for, won't pay for food. Unfortunately, I get assistance in that. But, yeah, no, if, if I didn't have that assistance, I, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to. What kind of assistance? Uh, food stamps. Oh, okay. All right. Well, here, here's the thing. The reason you don't have any money is you don't work much. So we've got to find some yeah. way, we, you, have to find some way to find some hours or some method uh, that the kid rides along with you. I don't know what it is that you go make money because that's your problem. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be a situation. What happened if you got a, like a full-time job making $100,000 a year? Well, you'd have to find a babysitter. Yeah. You know, and, and what happens when you get ready to go sell some insurance? You're going to have to find a babysitter. So you're a single mom and you're going to have to solve that equation. And that's, that's the problem you've got. There's no magic wand that makes $100 a week work. We don't have one of those. So what, this is a, an income crisis, kiddo. You have an income crisis, and you need to treat it that way. This is The Ramsey Show. Guys, it's no secret that the real estate market is weird right now. So go with a mortgage company you can trust to have your back. Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is Ramsey trusted because they're stable, reliable, and focused on you. At a time when a lot of companies are being bought out or going out of business, count on Churchill Mortgage to stick around. They've been doing things the right way for over 30 years, and they'll keep doing them the right way for 30 more. Get started at churchillmortgage.com. This is a paid advertisement. NMLS ID 1591. NMLS Equal housing lender. 1749 Mallory Lane, Suite 100. Brentwood, Tennessee 37027.
Ramsey personality is my co-host today in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. David and Sarah are with us. Hey guys, how are you? We're doing great, Dave. How are you doing? Better than I deserve. Welcome. So good to have y'all. So how much debt have you paid off? We've paid off $187,000 in two years and eight months. Good for you. Good for you. And your range of income? Uh, range starting when we actually got intense and started eliminating the debt, uh, 150000 um, And then uh, about halfway through, we had our first uh, child. Um, and at that point, Sarah uh, stopped working, uh, went down to about 100 um, And then she's been able to, to work part-time from home. So now we're back up to about 110 at this point. Excellent. Good. Okay. And where are you guys from? Uh, we're here from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Oh, very cool. Very cool. And what was the 187000 in debt? So 12000 was uh, a car, um, 75000 was student loans, and the remaining 100000 was our house. What? We paid off the house! <laughs> we did. We're we people! Did. We are weird, and we are happy about it. <laughs> I love it. Way to go, guys. All right, what's this house worth? Uh, so conservative investment would be about one sixty-five at this point. Fun, fun, very cool. Very cool. And, uh, oh, my goodness. How old are you two? Uh, I'm 30. I'm 29. And oh you have a paid for house. <laughs> we do. That's whack. We do. <laughs> that is whacked. <laughs> totally I bet you is. don't have any 30-year-old friends that have paid for houses. Not that I am aware of. I like to think of George as my friend, but... Uh, there we yeah. go. Oh, <laughs> there we go. This is good. Dang. dang. <laughs> starting a trend here. Yeah. I like this. <laughs> I'm really impressed with you guys. What made you, out of curiosity, go, you know what? We're not going to just tackle the car loan and the student loan. We're just going to keep plowing through to the mortgage. Uh, Are you just that weird? I would say it took a little He's while to get weird. to that point. <laughs> <laughs> starting all the way back at the beginning, I... I grew up uh, with with your plan and uh, a huge fan of the show for a long time, um, and I didn't didn't have any debt. Um, but then coming in uh, to to the marriage, I had never actually had the opportunity to practice the principles, and then and then I had to come and tell him that I had student loans um, during marriage counseling, which I thought he knew, but apparently he had no idea. That's <laughs> what marriage counseling is for. That's true. Precisely, yeah. Um, Pre marriage counseling. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I just remember telling him and thinking like oh he might be kind of disappointed or whatever but he his face just lit up and he was like i get to practice what i believe <laughs> you were <laughs> so excited and the way he phrased that he was like, so game healthy. on yeah. Yeah, so had exactly. the opportunity to experience yes. debt wow that's exactly right um so w- once we were done with uh with your, car, off, your car loan also sarah so we actually it's a longer story than this, but when we moved, so he's in the Air Force, and mm-hmm. so when we changed stations, I actually got a job before him, mm-hmm. and so bought a vehicle for my parents, but we didn't have the money to pay for it all at mm. that time, so they were gracious enough to allow us to have the vehicle and then pay them back in installments. They were gracious enough to get you further into debt. That's they were. <laughs> <laughs> they did. We just owed them. Yes. <laughs> yes. wow. All right, so 12000 and 75000 comes with yep. a package. That's Correct. right. All right. Cool. And then, uh, so you get married and it's just both of you are talking about this and you find out, Sarah, that you've married this guy who's thinks this is fun. Yes. I mean, how sick is he, really? <laughs> Pretty sick. I do remember another funny story. I came home when we were living separately because I got a job and he was still, we were in California before and then moved to North Carolina. Um, and I came back to visit and he had your book 
like with him in his bed and I was like what are you doing while I'm gone her exact words were stop sleeping with their friends <laughs> oh man they're gonna clip that one for YouTube I know it. I was oh, like oh I meant to put that back on the said that out loud <laughs> oh, oh dear that's fun okay anyway. gosh you, but you, you took it in stride and you decided um, alright game on we're gonna yes. pay this thing off that's exactly right um, yeah basically back to your original question how long um, y'all been married we've been married almost four years Four years okay. next week. Okay. Yep. yep. Wow. Well, thank you for your service. Yes. What do you do in the Air well, Force? Thank you for your support. Uh, I'm a nurse in the Air Force. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. Cool. Good. Good work. All right. And now we're done. House and everything. That's right. Yep. So um, now you've officially not only uh, studied the theory, but have actually experienced it, David. That's right. And uh, Sarah, uh, having done both as well now. Yep. Uh, what do you tell people? I mean, you're 30 years old. You have paid for a house. That's weird. What do you? How, how do you do that? <laughs> that's when. That, that's what they want to know, right? Yep. Yeah. So I would say the biggest thing that I've learned is just um, learning to be content with less. Mm. Um, so I remember very vividly, like starting my career, because our when we got married, timed out to when I finished school. So um, I like quickly learned like now I have a discretionary income. I've never had that before and what that looked like and how to kind of use that money mm. um, in a way that we wanted to and felt like was honorable. And so quickly I learned though that, you know, these goals that we have and that David kind of taught me about um, aren't normal. <laughs> and no, so, they're not. That's why um, we call you weird. That's right. Exactly. And so for me, it was a big learning experience of just being able to feel content and um, yeah, just be happy in what we did have and being thankful for you know what the Lord has blessed us with and being okay with not having the nicest car in the parking lot and the nicest house um, so yeah I would say that's the biggest thing yeah, yeah and the, the only thing I would add to that is um, keeping a really firm grasp on your why like why it is that we're doing it mm -hmm. um, basically we like you Dave we believe that everything that we have uh, financial abilities uh, material possessions all those are things that have been given to us they aren't things that we've earned um, and so being good stewards uh, and being responsible stewards of the resources God has given us um, starting off uh, to build a foundation to be able to do that uh, is what wow. we were really really excited about yeah. what man, a sharp these couple these guys are fun I know what a great what a, man it's awesome was it hard to see your friends doing mm -hmm. all the things having all the things and you guys were like nope we're trying to trying to pay off this debt at times it would definitely be difficult uh so with my job in the military i travel quite a bit um and dave you are probably familiar with this the military is not the best when it comes to uh, financial responsibility um telling a military coworker that you don't have an amex card is kind of like saying i'm from outer space and i'm here to help you <laughs> um and uh so anytime we would travel it's like hey we're going to centurion lounge and i'd be like uh oh, sorry i can't can't get into that and they'd be like well why not do you lose your card um and i'd be like well i don't have one and then uh I would go spend uh, spend the time at the terminal eating my leftover food uh, rather than <laughs> rather than going to all the restaurants. So doing that over and over and over again uh, does eventually wear on you, but uh, you also begin to embrace it as well. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You start to take it on as a brand. <laughs> That's right. I like I'll it. take Absolutely. no payments <laughs> as a flex over having an A. <laughs> so, I would agree with that. I that's will say the me. card is metal, which is kind of cool, but that's all right. Other than that, a little tougher to cut up. That that is true. Yeah, I have to get the t the tin snips out. Yeah, <laughs> I had to do that one time. I had the big old scissors, and that guy brings me that metal card uh -oh. up, and I'm like, oh man, man. making this hard. And a chainsaw. Yeah, I think Amex has probably did that because of me. I'll hey, you should <laughs> yeah. definitely take credit for that. They're trying to keep me from cutting them up. I believe <laughs> it. Yeah. 
I'm wow. sure. I'm sure it was that. As a matter of fact, I'm positive. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are awesome. I'm so proud of you. Thank well you. Well done. Who are your biggest cheerleaders? Yeah. So we have been really blessed to just have a lot of family and friends that have been really supportive of us and um, like the lifestyle that we've chosen to to live. Um, a couple specifics that stand out. We have our friends Ryan and Brittany here, um, and they're also Dave Ramsey plan right. holders. They're holding our kids, or our, our kid, kid and their kid. <laughs> um, and then also David's younger brother Stephen is also um, a big Ramsey follower, and we've talked to both couples just about our journey. Um, and Stephen actually. And his wife, Jess, they lead financial peace classes at oh their church. God. So they're yeah. very invested in good yep. resources to, to wow. chat with. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, very well done, you guys. Again, very proud of you. And uh, you're in a rare situation. That's why we call you weird. Just very, very well done. Well, Thank we've you. got a copy of Baby Steps Millionaires for you. That is the next chapter in your story for sure. That's where you're headed. Um, we're also going to give you a, a card for a one-year membership to Ramsey Plus, which puts you into Financial Peace University and into every dollar for a wow. year. Uh, if you awesome. guys don't want to use it, it's a good, great thing to give away, get somebody else started. Same thing with the uh, Total Money Makeover. Absolutely. And uh, the gift card for this and one-year membership to that, plus the Total Money Makeover, plus the Baby Steps Millionaire. All right, Thank David you. and Sarah, bring up your little guy here. Nathaniel is with us. 187000 paid off in two years. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, two, one. We're debt-free. That's fun. I love it. I love it. This is the Ramsey Show. Hey, listen up. Everyone is at risk of identity theft. I don't care if you're a hermit living off the grid, listening to the show on a battery powered radio, all of your data collected by every company you've ever done business with lives online, your bank, your doctor's office, retailers, the apps on your phone, the gas station where you have loyalty rewards. They all store your info online, making them ripe for a cyber attack or data breach. That's why I've been telling people for almost 25 years, they need an ID theft protection plan. And the only one I've ever recommended is from Xander Insurance. They monitor your personal and financial info, even your home title, and take over the work if you become a victim. It's the most thorough and affordable plan out there. I even have it for my family and our entire team. Visit Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. today. Anne is with us in Oklahoma City. Hi, Anne. How are you? Hi, Dave. Thank you for all you do. Well, thank you. How can we help today? I want to give you a scenario, and my question will be, how should I best spend almost $200,000 in inheritance that I'm about to receive and best help my retirement and not be a burden to my children one day and also be able to retire well? Here's my scenario. I'll soon be 60 years old. 
I was divorced in early 2021 after mm. many years of marriage. Mm. My net worth is approximately 600000 excluding the 200000 inheritance. I have no debt. Out of that... Um, out of that 600, only about 34 of that is in retirement savings account. The rest is in rental properties and a small business that I own. Mm-hmm. I have a fully funded emergency fund. My yearly bring home pay is approximately 96000 5000 of that comes from the business each month, and 3100 comes from uh, part of my teacher's retirement and rental property income. I've been renting for a little over two years, and I've never had my own home. I would love to have a condo or a small home. And I was wondering with the inheritance money, should I try to buy a small condo or home with cash, and if there's anything left over invested in mutual funds, or should I forego buying and just put all of that 200 in mutual funds and let it grow? Um, you know, interest and all. My concern there is if prices keep rising, will I ever be able to afford my own little place? Or do you have a different scenario you might recommend? Well, you are really on top of this. (laughs) You have done a great job of knowing where you are, and uh, that tells me you really have probably a pretty good plan of where you're going. Um, How much longer do you plan to work? Well, you know, at least till probably 65. I mean, I would love to retire at 65, but I don't know if that's realistic. Um, mm-hmm. You know, 65, 67 is possible. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm what, what kind of uh, What kind of business do you own? It's a little clothing business boutique. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Is it brick and mortar? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, as long as it remains viable, I'd probably continue to run it as long as you want to. Um, Mm -hmm. And what I would do is begin to get more and more management involved so you have more and more time off as you uh, go past 67. But there's no reason it can't continue to produce an income for you up into your 70s. Okay. You could sell it at some point if you wanted to just quit. But um, my guess is what you're doing is not that physically straining, and you don't sound like you're stressed out by it. No. Okay. No. So I, I yeah. think I think I'm gonna continue to operate as long as I can. There's no rule that says you have to quit working at any point, right. especially if you enjoy what you're doing. And I got a feeling with all you've been through that it it probably is a bit of a, a, a an escape area, an area you can go that's that you won't, that you can control the variables, a safe place. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's a wonderful place. Yeah. I'm very grateful to be there. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I like your idea of buying something uh, small and uh, putting the rest in mutual funds, buying something that you can live in for uh, for cash and not having any payments. And, okay. Um, Are any of these rental properties a nuisance to you? Would you ever want to get rid of one? No, actually, um, they cash flow each month. I mean, that's basically how I'm living. I'm trying to keep my personal income separate from my business income. And um, so, no, I don't want to get rid of them right now. Um, Good. I'm sorry. I'm a little nervous. What was your question? No, that was it. I just wanted to know about the rental properties to see what the options are. But I'm with Dave. I'm trying to find somewhere like I can pay with cash. And that's going to reduce your expenses, which means you can live off a whole lot less even in your retirement. So that's the goal. Yeah, Yeah. invest what would have been a rental payment or a house payment. Now, here's the reason to do that. Okay, When you buy a piece of property, 
uh, with 100% down, obviously, in this case, for your retirement years, um, you're 60. Uh, mathematically, there's a very high likelihood you live until 90. Right. Average death age of a female in America is 76, but that includes infant mortality and teenage death. And so once you're a healthy 60-year-old, 90 is a high probability, statistically speaking, okay? Okay. Now, Mm -hmm. uh, obviously none of us ever know exactly. We don't get to decide all that. But uh, anyway, so now if that means you got 30 years Mm -hmm. from today, give or take, that you are going to pay increased rent payments every year for 30 years. It's going to go up every year. Or... Mm -hmm. You're going to take your largest expense item in your budget, which is housing, and make it stabilize or go away. Right. And the asset is going up in value. So you you stabilize the largest payment you have. In your case, you're going to make it at zero. But even if you took out a house payment, in your case, you would stabilize and at least you'd have the same payment throughout the rest of your life. Right. And, and versus rent going up every year. And the house is going up in value every year. So that's right. two major reasons. But it adds a huge level of peace and stability to be a homeowner as you head into retirement, particularly if the home's paid for. So I'm all in with you spending, you know, the vast majority of this 200 to do that and putting the rest in mutual funds, then commit what was your old rent payment out of your income, at least, if not more, into additional investing ongoing, and let's build that nest egg up. Yeah, I love this plan. And if you have tax-advantaged retirement accounts, you can do that with. I know she's a small business owner, so she Lots may of stuff she can have do. some self-employed you know, solo 401k or SEP IRAs and things of that nature. Yeah, you, you can do SEP IRAs, you can do solo 401s, that's exactly right, and do a Roth, and do all of it, and put it all in mutual funds, and just see how rich you can become in the next 10 years. I'll bet you you could have a million and a half in 10 years in mutual funds. I'll bet you you could get there Not a without a single house payment in the world making $100,000 a year. I'll bet you it could be done and have a decent life while you're doing it. And those rentals will go up in value over time as well. And those rents coming to you, not going to someone else. I like this plan. This is going up. So just like your investments go up, that is an investment. And those rental uh, values will go up as well. Connor is with us. Connor is in Pittsburgh. Hi, Connor. How are you? I'm good, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? All right. So my question is kind of a long-term um, question about bridge investing. So my situation is I just turned 26. I make $50,000 a year. I have $30,000 in a brokerage account, $20,000 in Roth IRAs and 401k. I have a house that is valued at 250000 I owe 127000 on it. You don't need to worry okay. about bridge money right now. Well, so the reason I'm asking that is I had a conversation with my mom, uh, and she is deciding that she's going to pay the house off for me oh. within, the next, within the next year or so. Um, that helps. And so, <laughs> so I wanted to know, you know, my family's done well in real estate, grandparents and parents and such. And so I kind of always leaned that way, mm-hmm. but I have cerebral palsy and, uh, I've seen just, it takes a lot physically to care for a bunch of rental properties. No, it doesn't. So, if you hire somebody to do it. Yeah. So that was my, that was part of my question was, yeah. would you just hire a management company or yep. is there some other, 
way you would do it. Yeah, but you got to ride herd on them. But that's an intellectual uh, process, not a lifting a hammer or concrete block process. So right. You yeah, have, you, you have to it. watch them and make sure they don't charge you eight hundred dollars for a water heater that should have been four hundred dollars. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I can definitely definitely handle that. And, and make I'm, sure that they're actually paying attention when the house is empty and getting it filled back up. Is there a sign in the yard? Are they keeping the grass cut, the bushes trimmed so that the house is marketable when it turns over? So you got to watch your property still, but you don't have to do the physical lifting and the day-to-day negotiating and dealing with tenants. You'll be just fine with that. So if you're saving up to buy some pro- cash, buy some rentals for cash, I'll be fine with that after mom pays off your house. That'd be pretty cool. Put you in a really good situation. Way to go, Mom. That's really cool. Yeah, but that does not mean you need to do bridge investing exclusively. You need to do all you can put into retirement, and you'll still, without a house payment, have room to do some bridge investing that you can turn into some paid-for real estate. So, very cool. Good question and good clarification. Thanks. This is The Ramsey Show. Do you love a good Dave rant? Want to see the latest Ramsey Show videos going viral? Check out your favorite moments from the Ramsey Show on YouTube. Go watch and subscribe to the Ramsey Show channel on YouTube. Hey, if you're a fan of this podcast, we've got more where that came from. Ever wondered how to win in business and leadership? I'm George Camel, host of the Entree Leadership Podcast, where you'll hear exceptional advice, origin stories, and practical strategies for success. These weekly conversations with America's brightest business owners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs will help you succeed in all areas of business and leadership. Listen to the Entree Leadership Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.